Welcome to Basic to Bougie, the podcast, a totally new experience, one you're sure to love. We've taken our passion of business, finance, relationships, hot topics, and more, and collided them as a sisterhood into what we now call womenhood. Join your host, Melissa Martin, the success coach, and now an author, a certified NLP life, business, and financial coach, hypnotherapy expert, and one-bed mamma-jamma businesswoman on this wild ride as we detour through life, showing you how to take the basics and turn them into what we call the bougie. Let's dive on in. Hey, friends. Welcome, welcome. We're so happy for our current listeners. We're so happy for our new listeners. Welcome back. Hello, good evening. I'm Melissa and I'm super excited to be here with you guys tonight. I wanted to jump on. I wanted to do a very brief podcast. I wanted to fill you in with what's going on and why we are behind schedule. But I promise you, we will finish a full season. It's just going to be rapidly fast in certain areas, even though it's taken us a little longer to get going here. I've gotten a lot of messages about why our social medias are down, and I want to give full transparency. We have taken the total stance to take all of our social media down. Um, I, I believe 90% of it is down. The rest of it is placed under construction. And that is simply because we have found ourselves in a very um, disgusting, is the word that comes to mind, um, situation. I have worked really hard to build my companies. I have worked really hard to build a healing practice with Reiki, with yoga, with coaching. And with that, I have put my face out there. I've put my name out there with my book. I've put all of that out there. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, 95% of everyone I've come across has been amazing. But we've got 5% that has turned really problematic. And I don't want to give this a lot of light, but because of the circumstances and that we do really work a lot off of the social media platforms, um, I felt that it was really necessary to explain a little bit as to why we've taken everything down. Um, this really goes to a boundary and this really goes to the fact of we live in a society where people feel and view others, whether they know them or not, that they can reach out or show up um, because they want to. And um, my home and my uh my my life was um violated by that um 
and thank goodness for my, you know, zillion cameras, um, and the local police and, um, all of that. But we have seemed to attract some kind of, um, stalker and I don't have a better word for it, but I trust that this is going to be wrapped up soon and I will be hiring uh, more social content managers so my face is not the only face that's out there. And moving forward, I will still do all the things, but I won't have to be so present on social media for the sheer safety of myself, my family, um, and my home. It's disgusting that someone would think they could come to your home. Um, it's a violation on so many levels. And um, this is a random stranger. We don't even know who this person was, is. Um, and it's, it's a lot. And I do not want to give this any more light. So I am just going to move on. But we've received a lot of messages as to why are all of our social medias down or why do they say we're under construction. And I felt that I owed an explanation of such. And so they're going to be down for a little while until we can find a solution where I don't have to have my life on the forefront um, as much, even though I am here for each and every one of my clients past, present, and future, um, but we need to figure out how to do it safely, and we need to figure out how to do it where um, this never, ever, ever happens again. Whew. So moving on, I hope y'all have had a great month. Um, we have, you know, other than this, I will tell you, um, it is November. What the what? We are in November already. I can't even. We're like right there before the new year. It's wild to me. I thought today would be really good to talk about some topics we haven't talked about, but I do want to tell you that I was supposed to do an interview tomorrow with Rachel, who we interviewed last season, who is just doing big, beautiful things, and we are going to interview interview her in about two weeks. We pushed it back just because of some scheduling conflicts that we're having due to you know recent events. Um, and it's going to be amazing. It's all about a lot of things that are happening, some holiday stuff, some manifesting, and just really, really cool stuff. You're definitely going to want to tune in for that. So without much further ado, let's dive on in. You know, the mind is essentially looking not only for food for thought, but it's also looking for food for its identity, its sense of self, if you will. This is how the ego comes into existence and continuously recreates itself. When you think or speak about yourself, when you say I, what you usually refer to is me and my story. This is the I of your likes and dislikes, fears and desires, the I that is never satisfied for long. It is the mind-made sense of who you are, conditioned by the past and seeking to find its fulfillment 
of the future. And if you can see that this eye is fleeting, a temporary formation, like a wave pattern on the surface of the water, then who is it that sees this? Who is it that's aware of the fleetingness of your physical and psychological form? I am. This is the deeper I that has nothing to do with the past and the future. What will be left of all of the fearing and wanting associated with your problematic life situations that every day takes up most of your attention? What? Who? A dash, one or two inches long between the date of birth and the date of death on your gravestone? To the iconic self, this is a depressing thought. To you, it's liberating. When each thought absorbs your attention completely, it means you identify with the voice in your head. Though, our thoughts then become invested with a sense of self. This is the ego, a mind-made me. That mentally constructed self feels incomplete and precarious. That's why fearing and wanting are its predominant emotion and motivating forces. When you recognize that there is a voice in your head that pretends to be you and never stops speaking, you are awakening out of your unconsciousness the identification with the stream of thinking. When you notice that voice, you realize that who you are is not the voice, the thinker, but the one who is aware of it. Knowing yourself as the awareness behind the voice is freedom. The iconic self is always engaging and seeking. It's seeking more of this or that to add to itself, to make itself feel more complete. This explains the ego's compulsive preoccupation of and with future. Whenever you become aware of yourself living for the next moment, you've already stepped out of your iconic mind pattern and the possibility of choosing to give your full attention to this moment. And it arises simultaneously. By giving your full attention to this moment and the intelligence far greater than the iconic mind enters your life. When you live through the ego, you always reduce the present moment to a means to an end. You live for the future and when you achieve your goals, they don't satisfy you, at least not for long. And when you give more attention to the doing than to the future results that you want, to achieve through it, you break old iconic conditioning. Your doing then becomes not only a great deal more effective, but infinitely more fulfilling and joyful. Almost every ego contains at least an element of what we call victim identity. Some people have such a strong victim image of themselves that it becomes the central core of of their ego. Resentment and grievances form an essential part of their sense of self. Even if your grievances are completely justified, you have constructed an identity for yourself that is much like a prison where bars are made of thoughts, 
and forms. What you're doing to yourself, or rather your mind, is doing to you. Feel the emotional attachment you have to your victim story and become aware of the compulsion to think or talk about it. Be there as the witnessing presence of your inner state. You don't have to do anything. With awareness comes transformational freedoms. Complaining and reactivity are favorite mind patterns through which the ego strengthens itself. For many people, a large part of their mental emotional activity consists of complaining and reacting against this or that. By doing this, you make others or a situation wrong and yourself right. Through being right, you feel superior. And through feeling superior, you strengthen your sense of self. And in reality, of course, you are only strengthening the illusion of the ego. Can you observe those patterns within yourself and recognize the complaining voice in your head for what it is? The iconic sense of self needs conflict because its sense of its separate identity gets strengthened in its fighting against this or that and the demonstration that this is me and that is not me. Not infrequent, not tribes, not nations, and religious derives a strengthened sense of collective identity from having A, B, or C. Who would be the believer? Be without the unbeliever. And in your dealings with people or A, B, and C, can you detect subtle feelings of either superiority or inferiority towards them? You are looking at the ego, which lives through comparison. Envy is a byproduct of ego, which feels diminished. If something good happens to someone else or someone has more, knows more, or can do more than you, the ego's identity depends on comparison and feeds on more. It will grasp at anything. And if all else fails, you can strengthen your, your uh, fictitious fractions and sense through seeing yourself as more unfairly treated by life or more ill than someone else. What are the stories? What are the fictions from which you derive your sense of self? You know, when I put all this together and I get everything written down and I have my papers all around, I get that wow feeling. I get that woe sense, right? Because built into the very structure of the, of the iconic self is a need to oppose, resist, and exclude to maintain the sense of separation on which its continued survival depends. So there is the me against the other, us against them. Odds. The ego needs to be in conflict with something or someone that explains why you are looking for peace and joy and love but cannot tolerate them for very long. You say you want happiness, but are you? Are you eluded or are you addicted 
to your unhappiness. Your unhappiness ultimately arises not from the circumstances of your life, but from the conditioning of your mind. Wow. One more time. From the conditioning of your mind. Do you carry feelings of guilt about something you did or failed to do? Maybe in the past? This much is certain. You acted accordingly to your level of conscientiousness rather than your unconscientiousness at that time. If you had been more aware, more conscious, you would have acted differently or maybe you wouldn't have. But the guilt is another attempt by the ego to create an identity, a sense of self to the ego. It doesn't matter whether that self is a positive or a negative. What you did or failed to do was a manifestation of the unconscientiousness, human unconscientiousness. The ego, however, personalizes it and says, I did that. And so you can carry a mental image of yourself as bad. BS. Throughout history, humans have inflicted countless violent, cruel, and harmful acts on each other and continue to do so. Are they all to be condemned? Are they all guilty? Or are those acts simply expressions of unconscientiousness and evolutionary stages that we are now growing out of? Hmm. What a debate that is. Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Hmm. This also applies to yourself. If you set iconic goals for the purpose of freeing yourself, enhancing yourself, or your sense of importance, even if you achieve them, they will not satisfy you. Set goals, but know that arriving is not all that important. When anything arises out of presence, it means this moment is not a means to an end. The doing is fulfilling in itself every moment. You are no longer reducing the now to a means to an end, which is the agonic conscientiousness. No self, no problem, said the Buddhist when asked to explain the deeper medium of Buddhism. Now, I don't know who this resonated with, but I'm sure it resonated with a lot. And we talk about different things on here all the time. And that's because I choose to. I choose to give you information on things that we want to talk about and that we don't want to talk about. Because on the surface, it seems that the present moment is only one of many, many moments. And each day of our lives appear to consist of thousands of moments where different things happen. Yet if you look more deeply, is there not only one moment ever? Is life ever not just this moment? Because this one moment now 
is the only thing you can never escape from. The one constant factor in your life, no matter what happens, no matter how much your life changes, one thing is certain. It's always now. And since there's no escape from your now, why not welcome it? Become friendly with it. Let's work through the crap and the BS to be friends with it. When you make friends with the present moment, you feel at home no matter where you are. When you don't feel at home in the now, no matter where you go, you will carry unease with you. The present moment is as it is, always can. But you have to let it be. The division of life into past, present, and future is mind-made and ultimately illusionary. Past and future are thought forms, mental abstracts. The past can only be remembered. Now, what you remember is an event that took place in the now and you remember it now. But the future, when it comes, is the now. So the only thing that's real is the only thing there ever is, which is the now. My friends, we get wrapped up in so many different things. What happened last week? What happened last Tuesday? What's going to happen next month? What's going to happen next year? And yes, it is prudent. It's prudent to be financially responsible. It's prudent to worry about things. But the reality is we cannot control what is going to happen. We have to stay in the moment. You know, while I have your attention in the now, it's what's needed in our lives. It is recognizing what is primary. Then we can deal with what is secondary with ease. It is not saying I'm not dealing with things anymore because there is only now. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying find what is your primary first and make the now into your friend, not your enemy. Acknowledge it, honor it. When the now is the foundation and primary focus of your life, then your life unfolds with ease. Putting away the dishes. Drawing up a business strategy, planning a trip. What is more important? The doing or the results that you want to achieve through the doing? This moment or some future moment? Do you treat this moment if it was an obstacle to be overcome? Or do you feel you have a future moment to get that is more important. Almost everyone lives like this most of the time. Since the future never arrives except as the present, it is a dysfunctional way to live. It generates a constant undercurrent of unease, tension, and discontent. It does not honor life, which is now and never not now. Feel the aliveness within your body. That 
anchors you in the now. Ultimately, you're not taking responsibility for life until you take responsibility for this moment. Now, this is because the now is the only place where life can be found. Taking responsibility for this moment means not to oppose internally the suchness of now, not to argue with what is. It means to be in alignment with life. The now is as it is because it cannot be otherwise. You know, what Buddhists have always known is confirmed where there are no isolated things or events. Okay? Underneath the surface appearance, all things are interconnected. They are part of the totality of the cosmos that have brought about the form that takes this moment. Okay? When you say yes to what it is, you become aligned with the power and the intelligence of life itself. Only then you can become an agent for positive change in the world. A simple but radical spiritual practice is to accept whatever arises in the now, within and without. (laughs) Now I know you're thinking, Melissa, with the without? Yes, within and without. When your attention moves into the now, there is an alertness. Trust me, I know that alertness because I felt it ding, ding, dinging me. It is as if you're waking up from a dream, the dream of a thought, the dream of the past and future, such clarity, such simplicity, no room for problem making, just this moment as it is. The moment you enter the now with your attention, you realize that life is sacred. There is a sacredness to everything you perceive when you are present. The more you live in the now, the more you sense the simple yet profound joy of being and the sacredness of all life. Most people confuse the now with what happens in the now, but that's not what it is. The now is deeper than what happens in it. It is the space in which it happens. Please don't confuse the content of the moment with the now because the now is deeper than any content that arises in it. When you step into the now, you step out of the content of your mind. The incense the stream of thinking slows down. Thoughts don't absorb all of your attention anymore. They don't draw you in totally. Gaps arise between thoughts spaciousness, stillness, you begin to realize how much vaster and deeper you are than your thoughts. Thoughts, emotions, sense, perceptions, and whatever you experience make up the content of your life. My life, your life, is what you derive your sense of self from. And that life is content. Or so you believe. You continuously overlook the most 
obvious fact, your innermost sense of I am has nothing to do with what happens in your life, nothing to do with content. The sense of I am is with the now. It's always and will always remain the same. In success or failure, the I am, the space of the now remains unchanged at its deepest level. It usually gets confused with content. And so you experience I am or the now only faintly and indirectly through the content of our lives. Let me break that down. Your sense being becomes obscured by circumstances. Your stream of thinking and the many things of this world that now becomes obscured by time. And so you forget your rootedness in being, your divine reality, and lose yourself in the world. Confusion, anger, depression, violence, and conflict arise when humans forget who they are. Yet how easy it is to remember the truth and thus return home. Repeat after me. I am not my thoughts, emotions, sense, perceptions, and experiences. I am not the content of my life. I am my life. I am the space in which all things happen. I am conscientiousness. I am the now. I am. You know, you hear me talk a lot about what you say about yourself matters, how you think about yourself matters. Now incorporate that into this. Whew. I mean, we really dove on in there, friends. I have missed you all. We are going to stop there. Thank you for joining me. Our next podcast, I believe, is going to be manifestation. Some fabulous other things with Rachel because she's always amazing. I'll try to pop on in between. Thank you for understanding what is going on with their socials. We will be back up shortly with all of that. For Basic to Bougie, I'm Melissa. Have a fabulous evening. There's so many ways women unconsciously settle in life, unknowingly declining the abundance available because of their beliefs. There's so many ways that women say no to their deepest desires because they don't understand how fear and limitations show up in their body. Too many women are saying no to themselves and it impacts all of us. I'm here to change this. I've helped thousands of women say yes to more, leaning in and allowing a life that once felt impossible. If you need one-on-one coaching or would like to join us on one of our retreats, please visit our website at www.basictobougiethepodcast.com.